Welcome back to Jesus Speaks Farsi. As you might have imagined, life in Iran can be difficult for a woman. Many women there have faced oppression, abuse, and trauma, and all have been impacted by the Islamic regime's demeaning restrictions on women. But we've seen over and over that when women experience the liberating and restorative freedom of Jesus, they can become powerful influencers. Join us as we hear the stories of Iranian women who face significant challenges, but through the transformative power of the gospel, have become forces to be reckoned with in the Iranian church movement. What did you think of our recent episode with Baha? Such a beautiful lady. I had so much fun talking to her and hearing about her experiences growing up in Iran. But when I hear Baha's story and others like it, I'm always curious as to how guys feel about seeing women treated like that and, as Baha put it, not being allowed to fly. So even though this series is called Women in Iran, I wanted to hear from a man on the subject and why some of these things are just culturally okay. We decided there's no better person to ask than Baha's very own husband, Amir Hussein. So in today's episode, myself and Jen, we're going to sit down with Amir Hussein and talk about his experience growing up as a guy in Iran and his thoughts on the way women are treated there. Amir Hussein, we're so glad that you're with us today. And uh, the last episode, we got to have a chat with Baha, your beautiful bride. And I wanted to ask you about that first day you met her in the taxi. Was it worth giving her that dried fruit? <laughs> yes, it was beautiful day for me because I met her first time. Uh, in Iran, as Bahar mentioned, we share taxi. So we sat and I offered her dried fruit. It was sour and it was 7 o'clock a.m. So she was not expecting to get that, but she get it. And <laughs> the relationship starts and it was sour, but now it's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And so what was it like those early days? Because for, for a lot of us Westerners, I don't think we understand what it's like dating in Iran. You know, a lot of us think it's an arranged marriage or, you know, you have to marry this person. What was it like? And, and Baha says you did it in secret for a while. Tell us, tell us your memories of those early days. Yes, actually, we didn't have to uh, plan to marry, but uh, for six, seven months, we were friends, just friends. So this is not normal in Iran. You can have girlfriend or boyfriend, but not in public. You have to hide it. So it's hard to hide this relationship for six, seven months. But one day, uh, you know, I heard from her. her. I didn't have any news from her uh, for, I think, two, three days. And uh, she called me. She said, my parents, they forced me to marry with other person. So maybe we are not seeing each other anymore. And I said, hmm. Let me think about it. So I said, give me time and give me your mom's number. I called and I said, I want to visit you. So the thing like this for us is differently start. So I said, I want to see you. And we, ma we managed the time to see each other. And I start to ask her. It was very hard. She was a very strong woman and I was alone. I didn't have any support and I was not ready for getting married. I said, 
I want to mess with your daughter. <laughs> so you talked to her, her mom and not her dad? Her mom, yes. Okay, so why, why the mom versus... So, in her family, her mom was in charge of, you know, many things. And his dad, I think he's, he was busy. He was somewhere in other city. And she said, let's talk together. I didn't know who is the person I have to talk, but she came. Maybe she has a you know, deep relationship with Bahar, I don't know, but she came. It was very hard. It was a very stressful day. And I went to his sister home and her mom came over there. We started to talk and she said, what do you have? <laughs> I said, I have nothing, <laughs> but I love your girl. And I try my best to, you know, have a good life with her. This is the beginning. It was very hard. Wow, that's crazy. I, I remember asking Macy's dad if I could marry her and I was super, super nervous, but it must have been been really hard. You were pretty young then, right? How, how yeah, old I've were been you? 21 year old. Yes. 21. Wow. So that kind of stuff didn't really happen in Iran, right? So you'd You'd never seen anybody do that before? or No, actually, the, the way people, the family, are going to see each other first and during that party or that, you know, gathering, the girl and boy, they are going to talk in private for 30 minutes and they are coming back. They said they want to be together or not. After 30 minutes, you're supposed to make a decision. Actually, and actually <laughs> so if traditional way, yeah. yes, just 30 minutes. But most of the people right now, or my age, my time, mm -hmm. they know each other for at least okay. five or six it's months. It's not a complete stranger. Young, that hide relationship, they will have it. So we know from having a chat with Bahar that her parents initially weren't happy about you coming into the picture. What, what did your family think of your actions? Like you didn't involve them in this proposal and stuff like that. What, what was your upbringing like in regards to that? The reason I went alone because I was living alone and my parents, they didn't support me for two or three years. I was alone and I didn't ask them because I didn't have any relationship. And they were divorced. And Iran, when they are divorced, they are enemy together. So I should decide which, uh, which one I have to take with me to go. I said better to go first. And after that, I have to decide which party I have to invite my dad or my mom. So they are not coming together. That's a problem. So parents are very involved in their children's relationships. Yes. Okay. And after that, I asked my dad because it was very serious. Her mom asked me. Uh, one of the concern they have it was, uh, who is supporting you when family are not supporting you? Mm -hmm. That is negative thing for Bahar's family. So, I said I will try my best. I talk with my dad. He will come and he will talk with you. So I did it. My dad came. It was not hard. My dad was open and he came, he talked, and they talked together. And that 30 minutes happened for Bahar and I as well. Oh, okay. Wow.
Bahar told us she came from an Islamic family, like most people in Iran, and they were strict on some things, but she was able to go to university. What was your upbringing like in regards to your Islamic faith? I was practicing Islam because I, I love Muhammad as I, I, were hearing, I was hearing about it and I was reading. I was practicing. And my dad's family, they are very religious people. And my dad... He is, you know, he has a, a PhD on Islamic stuff, like Bahar's mom. Oh, wow. Yes. So, but my dad was different. He was open about Islam, different way, because, because we have religious people or open mind. My dad was different as his family. He was open mind. And I grew up between these two uh, kind of Islam. And I was open. I was reading. I was searching. And, but I was practicing, not very serious, but because of the fear I have, because of fear of God, I was practicing the Islamic rituals. So growing on that area, that time, for me as a man, it was easier than my sister because I was uh, I was open, I was free to do many things, but I was seeing my sister, my mom, they are not very open to do everything they want. Uh, it's hard for them to live in it. Iran. So let, let me ask you a question for myself and also our listeners, is when you say, you know, there was religious Muslim people and then there was open-minded Muslim people. What would you say are the main differences in those categories of people? So the religious people, they said everything Quran said, yeah. we should follow it and we should do it. They are very, very religious. But open mind, they said some of some of part some part of Islam is not Quran is not working today. Mm -hmm. We should update it. And they updated with the they upgraded. So they so changed. What, what would that look like in a day? So is that in regards to women? Is that in regards to the way people pray or fast? What what are the differences? Yes, people, you know, in uh, open mind people, they were having relationship with women. Yeah. And women on that area, they have a, you know, space. But... Uh, for example, they said that culture, that Quran was writing, it came from uh, Arabic culture. Yeah. But we should convert it to all our uh, culture, Iranian Persian culture, which women can do many things. But not all the things men can do. Still, in their mind, men is higher than women. So the more, I guess bringing it to the West, people have this in Christianity, you know, the more traditional we believe every single word of the Bible. Some people would say they, they're a bit more modern. We need to adapt the Bible for modern society. So in, in Iran, this Islam, the traditional people would say like, you know, the women have to wear head coverings and they have to submit to the, the, the husband and the husband's in charge. Whereas the more um, open-minded Muslims would say women have more freedoms and, and things like that. Yes. Yeah. So you grew up in that kind of Islam belief? Yes, kind of. 
So how did you feel about, because obviously the people in charge in Iran are the more traditional people, right? The, exactly. the government, the 80%. people that enforce. Yeah. So the people who are enforcing the rules. So how did you feel as a, a Muslim man growing up in Iran and seeing the way women were treated when you didn't think it was right? Yeah, actually our generation, they were not agree okay. the way they were, they were doing it. My dad's generation, they were doing wrong thing. I remember, you know, my dad, he was open mind. He was educated man, but still he was not showing love to my mom. Mm. So I never learned that from my dad. How can I, you know, show love to the woman, specifically my mom, my sister? Why do you think that was? Why do you uh, think that? Because you were saying he was more of an open-minded. Why do you think that he wasn't able to show that love to your mom? Was it just sort of what he had learned, maybe? Exactly. Mm -hmm. What he learned from Islam and his family, mm -hmm. the culture he came from. So that is very important part. And why is important, I saw, because they didn't have any relationship together. My dad never showed love to my mom in public. They divorced. So, I, I was thinking one of the reasons why we are not showing to ladies, women, our love. What's the problem? Why is stopping us uh, to do that? I see because of this is happening. When they are not showing love to each other, many divorces happening. And I am fruit of that uh, uh, divorce. And my life was, you know, very bad. So did you just think like this or did you see any TV, movies, read books where, you know, you saw a man loving a woman like that? Because I know most of us, even in the West, we end up growing up and a lot of us just copy what we've seen our parents do or what we've seen the culture do. So what made you a little bit different? Like Bahar told us that she would go to the library and read books and yeah. sometimes she'd read Western books. And, you know, today people have got the Internet, but back then... Was there anything that you did that made you more open-minded or was it just, you'd say it was within you, you thought it yourself? Yeah, one of the resources was book. The other thing was movies. Yeah. When you see the movie in the movie, people are showing love to each other. Wow. Did you, get, did, you, did you get Western movies or were yes. they, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, were they the illegal time. or you were allowed to watch yeah, them? Yeah, some of them, they, you know, taking part part of that movie but we were seeing still the yeah. love in between families and you just saw that and you thought that seems better yeah, than exactly. what i've seen in my own family because you know i was feeling the girl are same as man mm. so if they are same as me they need love i need it so my dad when he is coming and showing love to me so why my sister doesn't have that opportunity to get the love from my dad so I said, both of us, we should have the same thing. We are the same. So would you say there was a lot of men like you in Iran back then? I know kind of you're young, different to, to the men in the culture around you. But was, was there a lot of people that thought like that? I know you mentioned it was a generational thing. Or were uh, you the odd one out? Yeah, I can say I grew up in Tehran. Mm -hmm. Most people are a little bit different. They're, they have a relationship with uh, other countries. 
who is living in cities and see around, they are like me. Yeah. So they, people that are more, they've seen the way different countries live and different they, people are more open-minded. Yeah, they have a chance to see, they can do that in their life. They cannot, they, their open is getting open and what does that look mind. like in a city if you're out and about and, you know, your generation sort of thinking that how it's happening is not really the way it should be, but you have people that are all ages sort of out. How are, how are women treated maybe in public and do you see it based on a generational thing or how did you respond to that or how did people your generation, was there sort of a conflict between the men who maybe were more open versus more... Um, my reaction, I knew I cannot change my dad. So I was learning and filtering what he is doing in his life to don't do it for myself. I was doing it just for myself. I knew I, I don't have any authority to change anybody. So I said, I have to learn what is mistake and what is right. I have to go and do the right one. That is the only reaction I could have. So I have a question for you. So growing up in England, I, I grew up in a, in a good family um, and we used to have this saying in England, we'd make fun of other guys if their girlfriends or their wives were strong or in charge. We'd say, oh, she wears the pants in the relationship. And it was kind of making fun of the man that didn't take charge and lead. And so, you know, the men would argue, no, no, I wear the pants, I'm in charge. And it was this cultural thing where the man had to be in charge. And it's kind of lost it a little bit now in, in the younger generation. But growing up for me, that was definitely there. So the men who didn't wear the pants in the relationship were seen as the weak men. So in, in Iran, were you seen as a weaker man because you didn't believe in being, you know, above a woman and stronger than a woman. One, yeah, I saw this a lot in Iran. We call it Zanzali. Zanzali. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, one of the reasons this happening, I think, we should understand, you know, when I saw Baha, I saw that he has something to do. But in her life, because of the... Iran and government, she didn't have any chance to show herself. Mm. So I, I said, I have to be open. She has to be shown. And uh, I have to help her to be seen between people. So she has a chance to do it. But when we talk about insurance, people in Iran getting mistake about that. They're just thinking, so I'm man, I'm strong. I have to, you know, order, I have to beat my wife, I have to beat my children. This, in short, we should, uh, uh, you know, explain for people. This, this is wrong thing is happening. And when they said, you are not wearing the pants, yeah, this is happening. They're getting more angry. They try to do, they said, they show, they, they try to show the authority they have. So they shouting, they the ordering, the, you know, beating, this kind of thing is happening. But they don't have, I think they don't have any main resource to or role model to learn from. Mm. This is the only thing I feel. But I saw Bahar has something to do it. 
she is better than me in manage money so why i have to be in charge she has to do it she was in uh, university and she finished accounting so so you want her to live up to her potential exactly yeah thank you that's great and you you did that yeah just to make it clear for everybody you did that as a muslim man you were still an islamic man at that time yes you know um man is stronger and first class in islam as we have very good role model like muhammad in islam <laughs> but he was all the time fighting yeah and we learned from that he was a role model for islamic people and when he is doing that so so you say men they kind of exert their power by beating their wives or their kids is this accepted by the government is this something that they or or maybe Islam encourages uh, certainly hope not I love here when you shouting the kid has authority to call 911 <laughs> oh in america <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah yeah in um, in iran when you call they said what <laughs> this is family stuff it's not our business so the police would just say that's family we don't get involved yes. and so if the man is in charge of the family yes if it's very serious they get in lawyer they go to court but they don't have chance to win that the woman doesn't yes. have a chance to win no. the court why is that because man has authority and the islamic team any rules they want to you know judge these people is coming from islam and islam is giving authority to man to do this this kind of stuff did that make you did it did you ever see anything like growing up as a teenager a young man where you saw a woman treated bad like that and it just made you angry yeah my mom yeah yes my dad was beating several times all the time they were not even showing love to each other but they were they had a fight and all the time my dad, dad was strong and he was angry so he was on the pressure out of home he was working and he was thinking he is the only person who is you know managing house and my wife was housewife uh, my mom was housewife and you know when you compare they said you doing nothing at home and i do work outside and coming and this pressure when they get in fight directly they going to beat each other definitely my dad is beating my mom Wow. and it was it was very bad time for us to see this kind of this happening and that was impacting when my dad was going to the work my mom was beating us oh she she was <laughs> yeah they yeah. were trying they were emptying each other to you know emptying themselves to each other yeah How did your sister feel about this? Like so you sort of you grew up this way and even if you didn't have maybe more um more ideas of what of women should be treated well you knew that eventually you would kind of get out of this and if if wanted be would be automatically the head of the household, right? But your your sister's growing up in this environment kind of knowing where her place is going to be like your mom like how how does she sort of view your parents' relationship? I just want to explain in this way I learned when you want to train and hold elephant you should wrap him the 
in a hard places he cannot move it sometimes they try to move and they hurt each other themselves after a while they see that rope is around them they never move yeah and they're scared about that and for girls it's like that they growing like this and their mind is going to be like that mm-hmm. all the time my sister i remember she was trying to take off her scarf and my mom was stopping her mm-hmm. don't do it don't do it you know one time two times three times third time uh, more and more when you keep telling people they said okay i have to keep it they will keep it so they kind of stop fighting and exactly. they just accept yes, it they just accept it that must be a tough transition for a girl exactly. you, know? They, you know they born and they grow in this way mm-hmm. so what they have to do but when they are going, uh, this is another problem men's and women in iran boy and girl they don't have any relationship Mm-hmm. We are not going to a school together mm-hmm. and we don't know how we should deal with each other. They have a small community, mom and sister, mm-hmm. and some girl in their family, not more. But when they are coming, they're growing in university, they can be together. There's oh, so challenge. if people go to university, they're not just getting education, they're actually mingling with women and exactly so they're spending time yeah they are very good educated you know having yeah. relationship with each other yeah. you said that's a big problem what what kind of a problem what, what so do you, see? you don't know how to deal with girls you know yeah. you learn it you you have a picture your dad is beating someone else and you have authority on you know girls when you want to have a relationship with one girl they don't accept you and many things is happening from that. Or they accept that many fight between them is yeah. happening. But they don't know. I thought it was interesting. Bahar said she was so excited to go to university because she was going to be around guys. Mm-hmm. It, it, for me, it feels like it'd be hard to want to be around guys knowing that it, they're, what you're seeing of men in your family are is not necessarily a good relationship. You know, so for me, it's like, I really want to go to university and be around guys because they beat, you know, they're they're going to potentially beat me in a relationship or or think that they're better than. But at the same time, are people who are going to university more open-minded? Yes. Depending mm-hmm. on which, you know, because I know there's, there's universities for Islamic law and things like that. But if you go into a regular university, are the people going to be more of the open-minded Muslims? But I guess how would Bahar know that if she's not around men of that generation, how would she know that they're not, if it's not just the girls that are more maybe open-minded or maybe their siblings? Did Bahar have any? Yes, two older sister and one younger brother. And you had a sister and... One sister and one uh, older brother, yeah. So what I I love about your story, Amir Hussein, and this is for everyone, really, because we all grow up with different cultures and different experiences. And like you said, a lot of people in Iran, they watch how their parents' relationship is and they end up just falling into the same routine and copying it. Right. Right. Whereas you kind of had this point in your life where you said, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to carry that on. And I think there's something really, really powerful about that, which, which I just love. So... Um, so obviously we, we spoke to Bahar and you end up leaving Iran to try and, like you said, pursue 
the opportunities for Baha to fulfill her potential. Mm -hmm. And then in those travels, you became Christian. You right. decided to follow Jesus. Yes. So what changes did you see in Baha as a woman? She's obviously, she's already this strong-minded woman. When she became a Christian, what were some of the things that changed? As I said, we had the opportunity to show ourselves in, before we come to Christ. But we didn't have any role model and we didn't have any resource to read about it. For example, Bible is talking about women and caring about women. Samaritan woman is the best example and Bahar is talking about that story all the time, how impact on Bahar's life. Yes, definitely. God is thinking about women like men. This is big key to open you know, new door for new life and you finding your identity in God even when you are a woman. You born as a second class uh, human, you grow second class human and when you are coming to Christianity, when you read the Bible, you see for God it doesn't matter, you are man or woman. Some difference you see over there but for God, is seen same as me. Women's right in Iran. I remember uh, my sister and I, we were walking on the street. So the passages of government uh, people, they came and they said to my sister, they said, why you are laughing loudly? And they have right to do that. And I was stopping them. Why are you are talking like this? She is my sister. And, she, and they said, how can I know you are sister and brother? And they took us. They, we went to the, you know, the place. And they kind of arrested us. And Why? Because we were together. Woman and a girl and boy, they cannot be together. And you should call your dad or your mom to come to, you know, uh, say you are sister and brother. So that hurt my sister. I remember she was talking and, you know, they have gone. Mm -hmm. They put us in a different room and I couldn't be with her anymore. And she was alone. And that aloneness for her it was very hard. And they said she was trying, she was, she is brave. She said she was trying to say something loudly. They, they were stopping her. So I couldn't do anything. This so you're walking down the street with your sister and the besiege which enforced the Islamic law in Iran. Yeah. And they ask you, what are you doing? Why are you walking together? And they end up taking you to some yeah. sort of cell holding place until your parents can come and pick yeah. you up. So you must, that must make you... How do people feel about the besiege? Like, because they're, obviously, they're given power by the government to enforce these Islamic laws. You must have hated them. Exactly, because that was... You're understanding that kind of stuff. You see, you have right to live, but you don't have to... You don't. Yeah. Uh, she's my sister. Yeah. I can work with her. And it is very hard when they force you. And when you talk, they will beat you. 
they have right to to, yeah. to beat the, the woman or when they the talk both together. Of us. The both. Yeah. Because you're out and Yeah. Okay. I was trying to defend my sister. They were dealing very badly. They were, you know, putting me and pushing me to the room. So they have power, they have gone, they can do everything and the government is supporting them. So that means they are right. That right is coming from Islam. So I was uh, that that was the point, one of the points I was thinking, why this is happening. If I was in my uh, sister's place, what? Yeah. It was very bad for me. And even I was her brother, I was seen. It was painful for me. Yeah. So yes, def definitely. Hate of these people, which we do in secret place, in public, they stop people. Do you know of any people, say, who were in the Basiji or maybe, you know, very Islamic and treated their wives bad or their, their daughters bad, and then they encountered Christ or they became a Christian and their life changed? Would you be able to tell us a few stories about how certain men became Christians and then their whole views on women changed? I heard in church many people like this, they came to Christ. In general when they see Jesus' mind and his love, they change a lot, yes. But for detail, I think we should ask them. You should ask them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How they change. Yeah, because you didn't, you didn't really have a big shift in your life because you already viewed women yeah. as equal. But you see men who come to Christ and then they, they'll stop beating their wives or they'll start treating them better. Yeah. Does, that, does that change normally happen overnight or does it take time teaching? Definitely it takes time. It's not overnight. Yeah. Because as I said, they born and they grow and many deep things in their mind and their heart is, should be changed. It takes time. Uh, maybe one or two years, three years wow. or more. We don't know. But God is working between people in their heart. So what, what's it like in Iran now? I'm, I mean, you still have communications with people in Iran and um, there's so much more outside influence because of the internet. You know, people can get on the internet. I think even like when you met Bahar and you didn't speak to her a few days because she didn't have a phone call, men and women can talk online all the time now. Um, are things different in Iran, would you say now, from when you were growing up or is it still similar? Yeah, it's very different right now. But one of the reasons I think government want to stop and have their own satellite for internet yeah. is this, because people have relationship through internet together and this relationship bringing them closer and closer, which is, is not good news for government. Tell me a few experiences. I know you've helped and served and led in churches, um, Iranian churches in different parts of the world. When you have seen women come to Christ or, you know, become followers of Jesus out of Islam, what, what's it like watching a woman learn that they're a new creation in Christ, that they're equal to to, to men that they were made in the image of God. What's it like when you see that, when you watch it happen? It's very interesting point. Uh, when I see the woman has coming, first of all, the way they are wearing, they feel comfortable. 
mm-hmm. and they feel very good you know they can have no scarf they mm-hmm. don't need any more scarf they can trust men in church this is very important they couldn't do it because they know they were just a toy and tool in hand, a man's hand but in church they are not any more tool mm-hmm. they are not toy so uh, they have right to talk they can pray they can share their suggestion their suggestion is important they have place to work in church this is very very important for them when you see these changes they just want to fly mm. you know in iran in god iran's government they just want to cut their wings but here jesus is giving wings their identity and they enjoy when they can fly and they are flowing. They cannot be quiet. Like Bahar, she is keep telling Samaritan woman this story. This changed me. All the women I know, many women in, in church, they just keep talking about Jesus. This is the reason because they can talk. Wow, I I, I love hearing you say that kind of stuff. As as you say that, you sound so convincing of like wanting all women to know that. Is it hard? to convince men to view women that way? For some men, yes, because they are not stone. They are also like stone. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Are not cha- they don't want to change. But God is softening their heart, slowly by slowly. I saw many uh, stories like this, but they want to keep their authority mm-hmm. uh, in new life. But... God is breaking that. Yeah. God authority is God in God's hand and should be shared between two. So man and woman, yeah. Wow. In their place. That is um that is really encouraging. Um but yeah, wonderful. Well, Amir Hussein, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh is there anything that we can be praying for you? In, in the work that you do all for you and Baha. How can our listeners pray for you? Yes, our ministry, we are working right now. And uh, because many women, as you know, I'm working with Safar, so many women, they are involved, they are discipling, they are disciples and making disciples. So it's very, very uh, important place. Please pray for us. Bahar as well, weekly fellowship. So these people are coming together, women and men. Yeah. This is amazing. This is a miracle. It's happening right now. This is if someone wants to learn more about what you're working on with Safar, where where can they go to Safar.org? Safar.org spell S-A-F-A-R dot org. And what does Safar mean? Safar means in Farsi, uh, traveling uh, together. I love this word. This is the journey two people can walk together and can, uh, they can learn uh, through this journey from God in their life. It's very basic, you know, teaching about what is Christianity. Yeah. New believer is uh, working with someone who is a little bit older in their faith and they're working together they're talking they have a relationship man and man man, woman with woman (laughs) so safar is a 
discipleship tool for people to journey together one-on-one for for new believers and uh, you can find that at safar.org and you can pray for Amir Hussein and Baha who are helping equip people all over the Iran region to use this and we can use it too because it's in English right yes we have it in English and Farsi we are translating this is a good news for people who are uh, Dutch language German German. Spanish, yes. Spanish, wow. Arabic, Dari and Pashtu, Thai and Filoni. Wow, wonderful. All right, thank you, Amir Hussein. Thank you. Till next time. What I love about the stories on Jesus Speaks Farsi is that it helps break down our preconceptions about people. Sure, there's men in Iran who treat women bad, but not all of them. Hearing people's stories is so important for us and helps us to view them more as Christ sees them. Join us next time for our final episode in the series where I'll be talking with Sarah, who travelled Iran as a single lady planting churches and discipling new believers. Jesus Speaks Farsi is produced by Elam Ministries, a nonprofit charity whose mission is to strengthen and expand the church in the Iran region and beyond. For more information and ways to partner, visit elam.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. We would love for more people to learn about what Jesus is doing amongst Persian speakers today.